there's so many positive and wonderful things about this church, but uh, the hospitality and how they take care of the guests. I, so during when I come to churches that I'm involved with and partnering with, and whether on the board, and, and, and uh, again, I want to say this right up front. I am so proud, Pastor Aaron, of you and Eric and the whole team here and, and who they are. Come on, can we give it up for them and honor them? They're amazing. By the way, I tell people this all the time. I'm not just saying this. I think that Pastor Aaron literally is one of the best young communicators uh, in America, and he's a real gift to you guys. Now, here's the thing, Pastor. Let me just say this. You got two more years to say young, then you're old like me. Come on, you know, because he's 38. I'll never forget. I was 40 the day I went, you know, people think I'm this young guy. And I'm like, I'm not young anymore. But anyway, so we, we honor you. We love you, Jennifer and I. Uh, again, we've known them. We were trying to figure out last night at dinner, I think since 2012. Is that correct? Uh, since 10 years, they were a youth pastor to a church, and I used to preach there, and we just, and he would pick me up, and I would connect with them, uh, you know, on the rides from the airport and stuff, and just, we just so uh, love these guys and believe in them and believe it. And I was, I was standing in the back, and I said, I said, Pastor, when did you guys plant? He goes, uh, right before COVID. I said, that was great timing. How many of you know, God, listen, God's timing is not always your timing. That's important. Some of you guys are believing for things right now, and you're like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? God's got a timing. The thing that I love about, sometimes God tells us to do things at obscure times. It doesn't make sense so that he gets the glory. I, I, I sat back and I thought for this, and, and we're going to have three services this morning. By the way, I usually don't preach three services. I'm like, my gosh. She goes, Pastor, the upside is that we're growing. The downside is you're going to have to preach a lot today. I'm like, I'm thrilled about that. So we, we, are, we are so honored to be here. We're grateful to be here. Uh, again, I could go on and on and brag about the hospitality. I love how all the guests, my gosh, you come to church, we will personally seat you. We will give you a scout machine. I mean, it's just like, it's just like, we would just like everything, like the, the, the food, the everything that they have here. And can we give it up for the whole team? Come on, Rise Church. Let's give it up for the whole team here. And I mean that. In the back, all of you guys. So I'm thrilled to be here. We love you. I'm going to start. We're in a summer of wisdom. Pastor told me this uh, probably a month ago when I was coming. He says, Pastor Steve, get any scripture uh, in the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're teaching through the book of Proverbs this summer. Uh, and so he let me pick. And so I thought about it. He didn't ask me to talk about this. All he said was, uh, any scripture, any message you've ever taught on the book of Proverbs, please just start with that, unpack that verse, uh, and teach on that. And so uh, I, I want to do that with you guys today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here at Rise Church. So proud, God, of all that you're doing through this amazing couple, the team, all the volunteers, the dream team, just everyone here. It is truly remarkable, and it's a sign, a token of your grace. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help me today uh, to encourage people and inspire them with the Word of God, that we can be equipped, that we can do your will in the earth. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Today, I want to talk to you uh, with a subject entitled, The Generous Eye. The Generous Eye. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Here's my proverb. By the way, I, I've got more than just one, but I want to I want to teach you on this verse, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Here's what the scripture says. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread 
to the poor. I remember reading that one time. I thought to myself, I was struck by a couple things. First of which is this whole concept of a generous eye. You know, it's interesting when you think in the Bible. Matter of fact, I'm teaching a series right now in our church called Spiritual Eyes. This is important, spiritual eyes. Every single one of us in here, we have natural eyes. This is important. We have natural eyes, but we also have spiritual eyes. We have natural ears. Auditorily, we connect with sounds and, and all this stuff. But we also have spiritual ears. Remember when Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, here's what he says. He who has a what? Say it. An ear. He wasn't talking about an ear on your head. He was talking about a spiritual book of revelations. He who, he who can hear what the spirit is saying to the church is so. We have natural eyes and we have spiritual eyes. We have natural ears and we have spiritual ears. Now, now the reality is some of you guys have, have a natural eye, watch this, where you can walk in and you can see in any environment, if maybe you're in the business, corporate culture, military, whatever, and you can see somebody talented. You just got an eye for talent. Maybe you're in the sports world. It's like, you know what? You know, I, I've got a lot of coaches in our church and Saints coaches and Tulane and Pelicans and stuff. And, and matter of fact, the scout, who, who, who the general manager of the Neuron Saints goes to our church and he was talking about, he goes, Steve, we often see things in players others don't see. We'll go to Division Three schools. Pastor, he says, we'll go, to, we'll go to NAI schools because here it is. Jeff Ireland's his name. Jeff's got an eye, watch this, to see talent. Some people have an eye to see talent. Some people have an eye. Some of you business people, you have an eye to see just deals. It's like, if I have this house, if I buy this, and we'll flip this, and then we'll hold it on for 18 months, I'm like, man, that's a lot of energy for me. But some of you, it's just, it's like, it's easy. It's like breathing air for you. It's like, no problem, because you just, you have an eye to see business opportunities. Some of you have an eye for fashion. I don't have that gift. I have somebody tells me, wear that jacket, wear that. I, I mean, I literally, I can go to up. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. But I have somebody who does. A friend of mine goes, who's one of our pastors, goes, Steve, he, he, just know, he can just see it. He can walk into a store with $100 and come out looking like a million bucks. Why? Because he has, watch this, he has an eye. Everybody say an eye. He has an eye for fashion. Some have an eye for business. Some have an eye for talent. Question, do you have an eye? For generosity. You show me somebody with an eye for generosity, I'll show you somebody that organizes their life and reorganizes their life, watch this, around seeing opportunities to be generous. Our spiritual enemy, Satan, cannot stop the blessing of God. It's a principle, whatsoever man or woman sow, that shall I also reap. They'll be blessed. The proverb says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. Not just because what they see, it's because what they do. It's not just what you see, it's what you do. A generous eye will be blessed, but you have to often see before you do because you do what you see. What do I see? I move toward what I see, for he gives of his bread to the, the poor. I grew up in a, a church outside of New Orleans in a suburb. I was a rebellious kid. Some of you guys have heard my story before. Uh, just my parents prayed for me, and you know I was a, just a I was a very rebellious kid, and I was on every prayer list in America. I think I told you all this one time. Literally, I was literally on every prayer list of any Christian in America that my mom could get. That we could put put my son as a heathen. He needs Christ. Would you pray for him? And uh, seriously, I mean, I was just. Uh, but 
And so I saw a lot of things. I, I saw a lot of things. My parents made me go to church. By the way, I cannot relate to anybody that doesn't make their kids go to church. My mom's like, you go to church. If you don't go to church, you don't get lunch money. I'm like, all right, I'm going. My parents were Christians, and my dad, who's an attorney, went through a very tough time uh, in the 1980s. There was a real oil downturn, and he had a company as well. And, and I saw my dad. It was interesting. I was, I was 18 years old. My freshman year, I lived at home. I went to Tulane University for my first semester, and uh, that's actually when I got born again. But I saw my dad right during that time, 1987. I saw my dad as he was coming to Christ, excuse me, as I was coming to Christ, I saw my dad go through a very tough time, but I also saw my dad, watch this, give his way through and out of that tough time. Matter of fact, listen to me, listen to me. My dad had the associate pastor. This is, may God be my witness. He had the phone, and Rhino, one of our pastors is here. He's heard me talk about this. The associate pastor at our church and my dad made a lot of money at one time, but he was at the, I mean, he was busted right on the edge of bankruptcy. <clears throat> my dad had, the associate pastor had my dad's number and said, uh, and my dad says, if there's anybody that I can help pay their mortgage, <clears throat> pay a car payment, if you know, and they qualify and you feel that, he goes, give me it because I'm going to give my way out of this problem. How many of you want my dad to have your number? Come on, just raise your hand. <clears throat> Everybody say a generous eye. Question, some of you may have an eye for talent, an eye for fashion. Do you have, here's my question, do you have a generous eye? Let me tell you one other story. I went to, I graduated from Tulane University in 1991. Then I actually went to Dallas, Texas to, to Bible school at Christ for the Nations. Um, then I went to seminary after that. And when I was at Christ for the Nations, uh, there was two different people that really impacted. My dad put this in me, and I saw how he looked for opportunities to be generous. But there's a man who used to come and do a whole week for us at Christ for the Nations. His name was Wayne Myers. Wayne was amazing. And he was a missionary in Mexico. Has anybody ever heard the name Wayne Myers? I don't know if anybody in here, have, ever, have you ever heard that before? He was an incredible man. How did you hear about Wayne Myers? Christ for the Nations. Did you go to Christ for the Nations? I he was incredible. They have a whole area. Called, so good. So this man knows that I'm not lying right here. All right, let me just tell you, Wayne Myers so impacted me. I think he died close to 100 years old a couple of years ago. He was an incredible plant at thousands of church in Mexico. So we would have pastor, we would have what's called Wayne Myers week and Wayne Myers day. He'd come in and all week long, he would teach this message called live to give. Everybody say live to give. Think about that. I'm living to give. Talking about having a generous side. This is where I got a generous side because I have that today. I look for opportunities. And at the end of the week, he'd preach all week long. And at the end of the week, watch this, you would have the day and you'd have to give something of value away. So I had this leather members only jacket. Can I have a witness in God's house? <laughs> Come on, 1985 leather members. Come on now. I don't know how old you are, Jason. You're, not, you're a little younger, but does how many I remember a leather members only jacket? Come on. That was straight from heaven like manna. It was so powerful. Man, I, that was like a pride and joy to me. I had this thing, and there was this missionary. His name's Ram Zengo from Burkina Faso. And I remember when he came to Christ for the Nations, he had literally nothing on his body. Like scholarship him to come. He had nothing beside what he was wearing. He had this one outfit. And I remember on that Friday, God spoke to me. And here's what he said. He says, give your jacket to Ram. And of course, I thought, first of all, that was the devil. God would never tell me to. 
I thought, that's not the voice. That's the voice of the devil. Then, then when God spoke, just like he did to Peter three times, no, I'm talking to you. Take your jacket off. Give it to Ron. I'll never forget this, Pastor And I took my jacket off and I went over and I said, Ron, he barely spoke English. He said, God told me to give you my jacket. Watch this. And I took it off and put it on him and he picked me up and he went, he went, and he picked me up and kissed me. And he was so happy. He kissed me. And it was, it was like real close to my lips. I was like, bro, we don't do that in America. Just, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to train the brother a little discipleship. And so, but, but he was so precious in Dallas in the summertime. I stayed that summer, 112 degrees. He'd be wearing that leather. He was so happy. And he'd see me from across campus. He'd go, oh, like this. All right. Everybody say a generous sigh. Listen, some have an eye for talent, some have an eye for fashion, some have an eye for business. My question is, do you have an eye to see opportunities to be generous? God has blessed you. Every single one of us are blessed. The average income in the globe is dollars a day. Every single one of you, according to global standards, are blessed. And God has positioned us in this place. By the way, I believe in the greatest nation in the world, the United States, can have a big amen right there, to be generous to be generous to other people. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you today about three types of givers or what I would say, watch this, three aspects of in your eye. What eye can you see? Can you see three types of eyes, three types of givers, however you want to say it. Number one, I want to talk about a spontaneous giver or having a spontaneous eye. So this is three types of givers. Here it is. Number one, a spontaneous giver. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. There is one who scatters. Another Proverbs, Pastor Aaron. I'm doing well. I've got a lot of Proverbs. He said, he said, I don't care what you talk about. Just put Proverbs in there. I'm like, all right. I want to be under authority. All right, here it is. There is one who scatters yet increases what? Everybody say it. You know that doesn't make sense in the natural mind. In the natural, it's like, what? I scatter more and yet it's biblical. You plant seed, you get a harvest. There's one who scatters, yet increases more. There's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to what? Everybody say it. But the generous soul will be made what? Rich. And he who waters will himself also be watered. There's a great example of a spontaneous giver in Luke chapter 10. Jesus tells a story about a Samaritan who comes across an injured man that has been beaten and left for dead. There's a couple of religious guys that pass this guy. Nah, they pay him a little curtsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a Samaritan that comes by. Watch this. That day, I want everybody, I'm talking about three types of givers. A spontaneous giver, a strategic giver, and a sacrificial giver. That day when he woke up, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he had an open heart. And when he walked by, when he walked by that man that had been beaten up, Luke chapter 10, verse 35, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever you spend, when I come to you, I will repay you. Look at this guy. He said, he picked this guy up. When he woke up that morning, this had nothing to do with strategy. Had nothing to do with strategy. I'm going to get to that. This had to do with an open hands and open heart approach to life. And this guy walks through life. Watch this. He's walking through life with eyes to look for opportunities. Question, do you have eyes and an open hand and open heart where God can speak to you at a grocery store? I taught my kids this. We'd go into the grocery store and as kids and I'd be like, all right, kids, we're going to pray. And, and they, they've known this since they were little boys. And I've got two girls and two boys. And I said, guys, 
and, or my daughters. When we go in there, we're going to pray and we're going to bless somebody. We're just going to bless. Not with the church credit card, by the way, with my personal credit card. By the way, I thought I'd just add that. Some of you, I'm generous. You're getting out of your business. That's great. But how about personally too? I know you own the business. I got all that, but it's got to cost you a little bit. Can I have a big amen right there? Okay. That's just a little, little tweak. But anyway, do you have eyes to see? The fact of the matter is that God has called us as followers of Jesus to be distinctive and to be different. And what makes us different is we don't serve a God far off. We have actually the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit will speak to us. The Holy Spirit will breathe. And let me tell you something. What I love about this church, what I love about you, Pastor Aaron, what I love about how you guys are doing acts of kindness and generosity in the community and just going on. I, love, I just love exactly what Erica was talking about from kids where we just wake up. This is a different lifestyle. This is a reorientation. This is when life gets fun. And by the way, it has nothing to do with about an amount. When I get there, then I'll be that. No, no. The reason why you're not there is because you're not right now that. You don't wait. You don't wait. It's not the amount. It's the heart. It's the act. It's blessing somebody. It's not just your leather's member only jacket. Or it's not just this. or not just, well, I can't pay a mortgage bill. But you can buy somebody a Starbucks. Can I have a big amen? In other words, the point is, do you have a heart that's open to God? When you wake up, there's no strategy to this. It's not like, I'm going to invest in the soil. That's coming up. I love this. You start living this way. You're at a restaurant. God tells you, bless that person. Not because they're going to bless you back. Not because, no, 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 no. It's just, it's spontaneous. Everybody say spontaneous. That man woke up and he had an open heart. Whatever happens that day. All right, number one, spontaneous giver. Let me give you the second type of giver is a strategic giver. And by the way, I think we need to operate in all three of these, Pastor. It's all three. It's not just one. It's all. We need to wake up each day. What would happen in this community if all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people today, if we took this to a whole nother level? All right, everybody say spontaneous. spontaneous. All right, now I'm going to teach you another aspect. Now I'm going to talk about strategic giver. So there's a spontaneous giver. We need to be all three. And then there's a strategic giver. I believe it's just a step up. And let me tell you why I say that. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. But a generous man, a generous person, devises generous things. <clears throat> and by generosity, he or she shall stand. In other words, watch this. <clears throat> They're not only a spontaneous giver. God speaks. I'm going to bless. I'm at a restaurant. I'm here. God tells me to pay this, pay this person's mortgage, help them out, give them this, do this, boom, boom, gift card, $10, to, to, to whatever it is. But now I'm also not only going to be strategic and just open to whatever the Holy Spirit says that day, but I'm also going to have some strategy to this as well. Meaning that I'm going to plan to be generous. So you could actually plan to be generous as well. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Another Proverbs, Pastor Aaron, by the way. I'm hitting it out the park. I just want to let you know that there's a lot of Proverbs up in this. <laughs> honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. Of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new, new wine. Solomon is saying, put God first. Everyone say, God first. 
So in other words, this is not about being spontaneous. Spontaneous giving is I'm open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. On a daily basis, God will tell me to bless people. Okay? The strategic giver understands first, they understand that everything that they make, the very first 10% of that goes to God. There's a strategy behind this. In other words, they plan, they, they build it into their budget. They bit why? Because they're, they're not just, this is not just, you know, Holy Spirit, when I wake up today, should I tithe or should I not tithe? This is a strategy of obedience to scripture that positions you under the blessing of God. And by the way, we don't believe at Rise Church, Church of the King, or anywhere that the blessing of God is just financial. You guys and I, we all know people that are millionaires, billionaires that don't know God, but it does include that. It's spiritual prosperity, it's emotional prosperity, it's intellectual, and it includes financial, but it not, it's not just exclusive to that. Can I have a big amen right there? We, we want holistic. We want in our marriage, with our kids, we want the blessing of God everywhere. So that, that's what this is talking about. And it includes resources. It includes that. So we start with the tithe. And I want to say this. Again, y'all in a Proverbs series. He didn't ask me to talk about this. I didn't even tell him until I sent the message and he read over. He says, man, that's great. But let me just tell you something. I don't know where you are in this, but if you've not begun, you need to become a tither. Why? Because it's about putting God first. A lot of people misunderstand tithing. They think it's about 10%. It's not just 10%. It's the first 10 right off the top. Why? Because what it does is, what tithing does is an ancient biblical practice that keeps money out of your heart and it keeps it in your hands. Does that make sense? By the way, Jesus said there's only two gods. One is money and the other is him. That's called mammon or God. Now watch this. What tithing does is right when you get paid, you're, you're strategically going, you know what? I'm going to honor God. I'm, Lord, I thank you that you bless me. You are number one. Everybody say God first. So it's God first. God's not second. God's not after the mortgage company. God's not after Applebee's. God's not after Academy. God is first. Everybody say God first. God's first. He's first. And what you're doing is every time you tithe, you're saying that materialism, listen, doesn't have control over you. What you're saying is that God is number one and everything else pales in comparison. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. And it positions you in a confident posture. I'm telling you, it does. Because money is in your, what, what it does, it keeps it out of your heart and it keeps it in your hand. Let me tell you, money is a wonderful tool when it's in your hand, but it's a lousy, corrupt God when it's controlling your heart. Everybody say strategic giver. Now, I know what some of you guys say, well, you know, pastor, I was in the military. I didn't make a lot of money. It was easy to tithe then, but man, I'm an entrepreneur now. I make $500,000 a year. I literally have had people say that, pastor, you know, I made $40,000, $50,000 a year. I can give four or $5,000 a year to God. I mean, that's four or five, I mean, $500,000 now I'm making, $50,000. Pastor, that's like a lot of money. $50,000. That's net. By the way, I'm, I believe in gross tithing. I just want to let you know. You, somebody said, well, Pastor, we tithe off the net or off the gross. Well, it depends on what blessing you want. Ooh, hold on one second. That's good preaching, Pastor. Really good. Really good preaching. And listen, this is important. This guy one time goes, Pastor, you know, I just don't know if I can do it. I mean, I make a lot of money. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Let's pray. We're going to pray about it. So let's just, just talk to God. Can we talk to God? Can we talk to God together? Yeah. I said, Lord, Lord, I just, I just pray for my brother right here. And just, Lord, I'm just, he's, he's got a great concern. He's making a lot of money right now. He used to be able to tithe and he made $50,000. He's making $500,000 a year. 
Lord, I'm just praying, God, that you'd reduce this man's income back down to the place where he can <laughs> obey you. I, Pastor, don't pray that. No, I, I don't want you to be in disobedience if you got to make less to be obedient. Come on, are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Everybody say strategic giver. <laughs> that was good, huh? And, 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 and the Bible talks about that. Jennifer and I adopted this mindset. By the way, before I, before, way before I was married, every week I would come to church, I'd give my tithe, and I'd give an offering. Everybody say offering. And by the way, there's a lot of strategy to giving offerings. Your tithe goes to the place that you're fed spiritually, your local church. Offerings go where the Holy Spirit does tell you. Now, hopefully your church has a big enough vision where you're giving a lot of offerings to that house, through that house. Let me say it that way, through that house, all right? And, 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 and lots of stuff like that. But, but, but the Holy Spirit speaks to you. If God tells you to give an offering to Joyce Meyer, that's not your tithe. That's your offering. Does that make sense? And that's awesome. We love her. She's great. Or Billy Grant, whatever, whoever, just whoever. But that's your, your tithe goes to the place that you're fed spiritually. All right? So everybody say strategic giver. So there's a, there's a spontaneous giver, <clears throat> and I want that. That's when Christianity gets so fun, so fun. But then there's a strategic giver, and the strategic giver is they're a tither, and they give strategic offerings, listen, where they can maximize impact. I don't have time to go into this, but when I can talk, what, if I talked about strategic giving, one of the things that you want to evaluate when you're giving offerings is where it's not just the seed, but the soil. What is the ROM, the return of mission? How many souls are getting saved? How many? I believe in that. Listen, I don't believe just in seed. I also believe in soil. And I'm telling you, that's a whole other teaching that maybe one day, you know, but, but my point is, okay, so let me give you the last one. Sacrificial giver. So it's a spontaneous, everybody say spontaneous giver. So remember, we're going to have our hearts open. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, breathe upon us. If it's some bless somebody in the grocery line or bless somebody at the store or bless somebody at work or bless somebody, it's fun. It's exciting. And, that, and I want to say this. There are emotions on the inside of you that are locked up that will not be released unless you give. That's why Jesus said, listen, it's more blessed to what? Say it. Than to what? Why? Because he designed you neurologically, biologically, spiritually, emotionally. There are things locked in you that are not released until you give. You know that's true. You know it's true. You feel good when you give. Well, you know, I don't do it for that feeling. It's not a bad blessing attached to it. And by the way, why would God make you feel bad when you give. He's going to make you feel good. Why? Because it's, 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 it's a, when you say hi to somebody, that's giving a hi. When you say that you're giving, when you're giving, God's designed us. So spontaneous giver, strategic giver, and sacrificial giver. Let me give you this last one. There's a level, it's important, beyond the spontaneous and strategic, and it's sacrificial. It goes deep. By the way, sacrificial giving, this moves the heart of God. Solomon and by the way, you can be very wealthy and sacrificial or have very little and be sacrificial. None of this is about amounts. The Solomon, the author of Proverbs, instead of sacrificing one bull when he was anointed king in 1 Kings, he said, you know what? I'm going to go big. I'm going to sacrifice a thousand bulls. Sacrifice is relative. What may be sacrificed to you is easy for somebody else. So don't compare. Don't compare. David in 2 Samuel chapter 24 wanted to offer some oxen as a sacrifice to God and a guy named Arana. Here, David, take anything of mine you want to sacrifice. David says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Here's what David said. He says, I will not give that which costs me nothing. Does that make sense? 
It's like my son came home one day. He goes, Dad, that's amazing. You know, he was in high school a couple years ago. He goes, man, I had my credit card. And, and, you know, I had your credit card. I've got gas. Thank you so much, Dad. And, you know, I just went to the, I went to the restaurant. I just I had all my friends there, and I just felt moved, man. Dad, I just blessed them all. <laughs> Literally. He said, I blessed them all. He goes, I'm just like you. I said, there's a big difference. What? I goes, when I give, I give my money. When you give, you give my money. There's only one common denominator in this whole thing. It's my, are y'all with me? I know it all belongs to God, but it goes through me. All right. And <clears throat> he said, I'll not give that which does not cost me. I'm going to share something with you guys. This is important. God calls people to seasons of sacrifice. And this is important. It's not all the time. And preachers mess this up. And I say that respectfully. And I say that very respect. There are seasons of sacrifice. Now, I understand we offer our bodies as a sacrifice to God every day. But I'm talking about financially where God tells us there's moments in your life where God says, in this moment, because of this opportunity, because of this project, because of what it is, I'm asking you for a season to go without this so you can invest in this. And y'all don't have a building campaign going on right now. He didn't ask me to come in and say, but you should do one, by the way, at some point in time. And I, and I mean that. I don't know when the next step is, but we, I, this is huge. Because God is going to call this church to that at some point in time. And I would say sooner than later, quite honestly. And, and I mean that. If y'all want to go to church in the OK Corral forever, that's fine. But at some point in time, we need a church. I hope I don't run me out of town. <laughs> My God, I felt like I was coming up to Gilly's Bar when I came to his wife. <laughs> okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And I don't go to Gilly's. Y'all do. But all right, here we go. <clears throat> I used to. Mark chapter 12. Here it is. Listen. <laughs> Listen. It's important. Jesus sat opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came in and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth. You ever see these guys say, you know, I gave a million dollars to this thing. Yeah, your net worth 500 million. That's a real big sacrifice, bud. This woman... This is sacrifice. Now, that could be for some people. Don't misunderstand me. And out of their poverty and everything she had, they gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything and all that she had to live on. I want to say a couple things. I'll close, and Pastor Aaron will come. Just one minute. This is important. This woman demonstrated to me and to Jesus, more importantly, a sacrifice. And there are gospel projects. There are, there are built. There are building expansions that come. There are things. Matter of fact, when we were building a building one time, and y'all have no building project on the table that I'm aware of. Do y'all? That I'm, that I'm aware of. So, so I can, I'm saying this from the scripture. Okay? This is important. There's a, we had a building project one time, and this couple came and said, Pastor, we were going to get a pool. We're going to wait on that. It's not that they're never going to. We're going to wait three years, do this capital campaign. We're gonna, we feel that God, God spoke to them. We can't tell you that. We can tell you to tithe. All right, we can tell you because according to the scripture, and we can say be open to whatever, but, but God spoke to them. They were willing to sacrifice. Now you think, well, that's a sacrifice. Everybody sacrifices what's relative to them. In that, Does that make sense? That was big for them. I was talking one time, my wife and I, we had just been married a couple years, and, and I'll say this, this, this youth pastor was there, and uh, 
and they had one car. Actually, they had one car, it was very bad condition. This is my, we'd been married a couple of years and we're in the middle of this conversation and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. And, 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 and I don't recommend this because I probably should have asked, you know, agreement, permission, but I just said right out, I said, you know what? We're going to give you our car. I'm going to give you my car. It's right in the middle of it. It's probably worth six, $7,000. This is year, this is 30 years ago almost. Okay, it's a lot of money. Maybe not for you, that was for me. And, and of course, afterwards, my wife goes, woo, that was big. And I, and I should have been in agreement. I want to let y'all know that. Okay, I'm serious. If you're giving something like that, you need to be in agreement. Okay, because then if not, you got to get another message of marital harmony. But anyway, <laughs> but here's my, here's my point. Matter of fact, and I know some of you guys, well, you did that because there was, you know, somebody gave you a car. No, they didn't. I still pay payments on that car for another six months, and we shared one car actually for seven months. See, we don't believe that. I'm going to give just to get. We give to bless, but when we do bless, we do return. It does return. But I'm not just giving just to get. I'm giving because first, I love God. Number two, because I love that person. And number three, we want to expand the kingdom. But when you do do that, you do get blessed in return. Matter of fact, there's another time I gave a car. I gave, we gave a van, actually, to, to a children's van. So we've given cars, but, but, and, it, and it costs us. It's not because we have an extra car. Hey, can we give you one? So there's seasons. So what have I said? And I'll conclude. Number one, Christianity gets fun when we start looking for opportunities to bless people. That's every single day. Can I have an amen to that? Okay, everybody say spontaneous, spontaneous. Giving. giving. Number two, strategic giving is when you, watch this, is when you put the tithe first. And I want to encourage you. I don't know if you're a tither. You need to begin according to the Bible. According to Scripture, your first 10% belongs to God. Over and above that is offerings where the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But I would say consider the soil, whatever that soil is. All right? Number three, there are seasons when God calls you to sacrifice where you say temporarily no to that to say yes to the expanding of the kingdom of God. When you live this way, Everything takes on a new life and dimension. I'm telling you, Christianity, Christianity, and I can say it this way, becomes real fun because you wake up. Who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can? My job makes sense. I'm making, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I got it. I got, God, I got it. I got, let me pray. Father, I thank you for this word. Go deep in the hearts of the people. Lord, this is an amazing church and all that you're doing. And you do have big plans for this church, God. Somewhere, I know there is going to be a building. There is going to be an expansion because many people are being touched by your power in this house. Bless Pastor Aaron. Bless Erica. Bless the staff. Bless all the amazing people at this church. Bless the volunteers. Surely God is doing a great thing here in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Love you guys. God bless y'all.